In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters, where TQA simplifies quality to save you time and energy for what matters most. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And uh, welcome to our live stream. Yeah, so why are we doing this? Uh, well, it's our 100th episode. 100th episode. <laughs> he threw me off. I had a whole <laughs> thing I was going to do. I was going to talk about how we've video recorded in the past. Yep. Um, and we stopped doing that, which I was okay with. Yeah. And then we were looking for ways to celebrate our 100th episode. And this was really the only, well, I guess the best option we came up with. It wasn't the only one. No. Now I hate myself for coming up with this option. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to get started by saying how nervous I am about doing this live stream and <laughs> recorded forever. And um, and then also by saying one of the, the most, the comment we get the most often mm -hmm. is about how real we are yes. on the show. Yes. And uh, y'all are about to see how real it is. Live in action. There's only like a two second de I, delay here. I've got tears in my eyes because I'm so nervous. <laughs> I love it. And, um, you know, I've got all my papers. And here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So it's our 100th episode. Yes. The majority of the time, 99% of the time, I pick what we're going to talk about yeah. on the show. And we've I've said a number of times, education is my passion, and I wish that we could get quality management into the education systems yep. more often. Yep. So what better way to celebrate our 100th episode <laughs> than talking about a school district that did that? Yep. Well, you know, when we did our grand launch, we, launched five, we did five episodes all in one day. Mm -hmm. Number two was uh, Clark County. Yep. Yeah, the one in Las Vegas. Um, so this one is, again, from, I guess the microphone was in my face. <laughs> I was instructed to talk close to the microphone. And anyways, here we go. Uh, <laughs> this one is another ASQ uh, case study. It's about a school district in Oklahoma, the Jinx Public School District. Sounds like an Oklahoma name there. <laughs> um, Kyle is very much from Texas. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And he has nothing bad to say about Oklahoma. Nothing. So, especially since his wife grew up in Arkansas. I'll keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so this one uh, was written in May 2006. Mm -hmm. um, and this school district, according to the article, was already doing all the things right. Um, their test scores were great. They had good course offerings. They were on top of curriculum development. Sure. They were doing a lot of good things. And they kind of looked at all that and said, well, we don't want to go down right. from here. You know, once you're on yep. the top, you don't want to go down. So then what do people look at? Well, you, it's continual improvement. Continual yeah. improvement. He said <laughs> the right word. We didn't even rehearse that. <laughs> so they started looking at some things and, um, I guess they heard about or read about the Malcolm Baldridge National Quality Awards. And you said you hadn't really heard of this. I hadn't heard of it. Hadn't any research on it either. But. Um, so they started a quality journey in 1997. Okay. Um, with the goal in mind of going 
for this award, which they got in 2005, by the way. Okay. They were one of five recipients that year, and only two were in the education category. Hmm, Very interesting. So in 97, they just kind of got introduced to quality principles. Sounds about right. The next year, they started developing some continual improvement things based on dimming. Yep. yep, And a couple of consultants that Mm -hmm. they... I don't, I don't know if they worked directly with the consultants or if they just read about them. Yeah, just didn't give a lot of detail. But mm-hmm. odds are they had someone they were working with. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there was, for one, like most of what we learn now comes off the Internet. The Internet was still very much, uh, well, not a thing in 97. Not like it is today. Yeah, I don't I don't remember all the years, but that's your thing. I do, so, yes. um, so, yeah, they probably were working with consultant. One thing they said that they really liked about the model is that they can make decisions based on data mm-hmm. and not I think right. or I feel. Right. Well, that's the whole uh, evidence-based decision-making idea. You know, I, I talk a lot, especially when we do trainings or consultation work, is anecdotal information isn't enough. Like, you can't you can't just say, well, I think this, this is what really feels like. Even saying experience says that. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's just not good enough. I I'm not going to go. <laughs> I was going to talk about when I was teaching and oh, things sure. that were changing. I, I'm not sure it's totally relevant, so I'll leave okay. it alone. Um, so the article uses the word currently, and I don't know if that meant when they started their journey or as this was written, but all the staff members participated in goal setting, and they incorporated Deming's Plan, Do, Study Act. Yes. Which is... It's only recently <laughs> been changed to Plan, Do, Check Act. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Um so if this was written in 2006, I guess that was changed after that. Yes. I believe with the 2008 edition of ISO 9001, they formally introduced the PDCA cycle as a part of its uh, base level in the ISO 9000. Okay. So the Baldridge Award has seven criteria categories. Okay. So we're going to kind of go through the article I, so I had my article, and then I had notes that I wrote real big about my article, so I didn't get through it. But they're really shorthand, so I sure. keep panicking and looking for it in the article. <laughs> okay. So the first one is, the first category is leadership. Okay. So in Jinx Public School, they really encourage creativity and imagination or innovation um, they recognize outstanding teachers and staff, mm-hmm. and they provide little mini grants if they're if you come up with a classroom project oh, that. that really supports the curriculum. I love that. Um, of course, there's training to differentiate instruction. If you're a parent, you've probably heard something about this. They really Whoops. encourage. Sorry, <laughs> I was checking for comments in the uh, live stream. Sure, trying to talk to me. I won't do that. Yeah, I'm not the only one that messes up. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Um, So you probably, you may have heard something about differentiated instruction, but remember, this is back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I've known you for a long time, and I couldn't tell you what differentiated instruction is. It was a fairly new thing then. Um, So they differentiate instructions, um, (laughs) differentiate instruction, um, and the administration believes it's not only an obligation, but it's a privilege to share their staff's talents and knowledge with other districts in the state and the nation. Okay, so I like that. They use them to, you know, provide workshops or whatever. So I like that. That all falls under leadership. And the next category was strategic planning. So okay. 
This takes place at all levels, administrative, campus, and the classroom levels. Um, they analyze, of course, their test scores to develop goals and strategies, okay. which, which should be done. Well, you've got... I- I mean, you've got some interesting information there about how you've done it. This really is actually fascinating. So we did talk about this before, and I was kind of on the fence if I wanted to talk about it on here or not. Now you're Um, clearly on the other side of the fence. (laughs) You brought me there, (laughs) like all of this. (laughs) So when I was teaching, of course, we had our state test. But prior to that, we have, um, I think they're called something else now, but we had benchmarks. I think now they're called curriculum-based assessments or CBAs, and maybe has even changed. Um, so um we would get those back and most teachers we would be required to create tutoring groups based on those test scores um so most teachers would create their groups on the test scores you know if you made a 60 or below or whatever their criteria is then you're in a tutoring group you come two days a week for 30 minutes you know whatever it's based on overall performance across the spectrum right I started doing it very differently, but and this was before I knew anything about quality <laughs> management, but I just thought that doesn't really make sense to me. I very quickly realized that some students just aren't good test takers, right? And, and it may not be that they don't know the material, it just may be that they got nervous, right? And so I started getting the data from each TEAK or standard. Right. Um, and seeing who missed the questions related to those teaks. Yeah. And my groups were not a set, you know, group of kids. Right. But it was like, hey, you missed this question that addresses this teak, so you're going to come on this day. So you could have had two kids studying and learning on the exact same thing, even though one made a 90-something and one made a 40-something. Yes. Okay. And I will say the one that made a 90-something was never happy to be there. <laughs> um, but I, and their parents always questioned me on that. Right. And I would say, this is how I make my groups. Yeah. And wouldn't you want your child to improve if they could? Yeah. No matter Agreed. where they are. Agreed. Um, so they, um, analyze their scores and their goals. Um, those are then worked into site goals. So each teacher does that for their classroom. Those are worked into the site goals or the campus goals and strategies. Sure. Then that's submitted to the superintendent and the appropriate assistant superintendent gotcha so then they take all that information and redevelop curriculum based on you know that data makes sense this was something i really liked under strategic planning students are no longer given permission to forget Uh, uh, yes this is a really good one i like this um so you know you teach your curriculum your year and it's something we talked a lot about when i was teaching was you know bridging the gap if you're a third grade teacher you need to know what they were supposed to have learned in second grade and maybe didn't or did great at and what they need to learn in fourth grade that you're preparing them and laying the foundation for sure um so the district starting with math started identifying essential elements by grade level Okay. <laughs> and I, when I read that, it kind of makes me think like, here's all the things we're going to teach you, but here's the things we really want you to remember. <laughs> like the whole question, why do I need to know that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the students were quizzed weekly mm-hmm. and 70% of the quiz was current grade level material. Okay. And 30% of the quiz was from the previous two grade levels. 
Okay. And it could be anything that they studied. Right. So the quiz isn't just like, hey, we studied this week. We're going to take a test on this. It's yep. whatever we studied all year can be thrown in there, plus whatever you learned the last two years. Gotcha. So I really like that. They're not allowed a good to forget. Assessment. Yeah. Okay. So the third category is student, stakeholder, and market focus. This sounds very eerily similar to the idea of interested parties, customer requirements, customer satisfaction. So, so uh, well, not maybe not obviously in a school district, your stakeholders are really everybody involved in that district. Even if you don't have yep. students in the school, you're still a taxpayer, right? Um, and you would want people to come back and right. live in that area and keep generating yep. economic growth. So a stakeholder is any, you know, teachers, mm-hmm. administrators, parents, people that aren't parents in the school district but yep. live there, you know, the whole nine. Well, we talked about that with interested parties. You know, the line very quickly begins to blur. Well, my customer could also be an interested party. Like, yes, they're yes. a very interested yes. party. Yes. Well, my employees could. Oh, yes. man, that means that all these HR rules, like, yes. Yes. This is that the intersection of all the standards. Yep. So, um, so some of the senior leaders in Jinx Public School attend a National Quality Education Conference annually. I don't know anything about it, but we need to I, find out. Yeah. <laughs> if it's still going on, I don't know. And they actively participate in legislative discussion and lobbying, which should happen for, like uh, as far as it concerns education. Right. Um, they study local, state, and national publications hmm. to keep, you know, on top of things. And I would hope that this is true for most districts. Um, <laughs> hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, my page is printed two-sided, so I got to make sure. <laughs> she needs to get her IT guy to fix the printer. I know. Supposedly he did, but it still prints too bad. Yeah, he, he, he's he's kind of falling down on the job these days. Okay. They also continuously review population shifts and demographic changes. Very important to school districts. Right. You know, population shifts and you got too many kids mm-hmm. in this school versus, and then that comes to rezoning, which right. very much involves your stakeholders. I yep. can think of a very particular instance in our school district many years ago. Um, we have in our school districts, what is called the education village. Mm -hmm. And so if you live in a small town, you might have one or two elementary schools and one junior high, one high school. The school district that our kids go to has like 25 or 30 elementary schools. And I don't know how many junior highs and five or seven high schools. Yep, We are a very large district. Um, So kids that go to separate elementary schools might come together in a, joint junior high but then go to separate high schools the zoning is very weird so this education village was built mm, i don't know so many years ago yeah um with the idea that it was going to be kind of the crown jewel of our school district right and it's all on the same property and it has the elementary the junior high and the high school and all these wonderful facilities and you know the elementary kids can go work with the junior Mm -hmm. high kids and you can all interact along among grade levels Really great idea. Right. Then the district needed to rezone. <laughs> yeah. And parents bought homes in right. that zone right. for that purpose. And they paid a lot of money for these homes, like three to 500000 probably, yeah. maybe more. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't buy a home there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were rezoning, and they were going to cut some of those na- the houses out. Right. Um, 
just for population purposes because it was, I guess, more popular than they anticipated and they quickly outgrew their seams. Um, I don't know what ended up happening with it. I was still teaching and I did go to one of the, you know, neighborhood community meetings just to listen to the parents talk and they were understandably fired up about it. I bet. I would be too. But I mean, just another great example of why these requirements matter so very much. Like every action has intended and unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. You have to take time to pay attention to those unknown unknowns. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a whole other topic we could go down, but you have to have some semblance where else it's going to affect things. Yeah, and I mean, in that same rezoning, just, I mean, I talk about that's a crown jewel. Our school was a Title I school, which is um, determined based on economy and, you know, kids... Uh, in, the p- family income, I yeah, guess, is yeah. the right way to say that. Um, and they were rezoning our school as well. And mm-hmm. so people that lived in the neighborhood around our school were going to be bused across the interstate to another school that didn't have as much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. Right. It, it strongly affects you. Um, this is something that I'm going to quote word for word from the article. Okay. Complaints are complaints are viewed as a possible tool for improvement, so the Board of Education established procedural steps for handling complaints. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, even in just, you know, any organization, small business, big, doesn't matter. How many times does a customer say, well, I didn't like this, or, you know, could you have done that? And it just ends with the person that received the message. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really get passed on to be considered for for additional improvement. And people take offense when there's complaints. Yes. Whereas if you look at it for an opportunity to improve, it's it's just approached differently. Okay, so the fourth category, if you didn't notice, Kyle just pointed out the time that we have left. And I get very passionate when we talk about education. So the fourth category is information (laughs) and knowledge management. They have a curriculum instruction team that keeps abreast of the current best practices and shares it. They meet monthly. Wow. Which is impressive. And we already talked about the data from the assessment and quizzes are assimilated and tracked and analyzed to help instruction. They have a process to remain current with IT. Hmm. Um, The fifth category is faculty and staff focus. They worked on improving communication. The teacher evaluation tool was developed by a committee of teachers as well as administrators. Um, We all know technology evolves rapidly. So at this time, they were a member of a company called Eighth Floor, which was a technology-based training company. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. can learn all kinds of computer skills and things like that. You know this company? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I got my uh, A-plus certification not long after this was written. and So all kinds of technology <laughs> they can learn. Um, the sixth category is process management. We already talked about that they use the PDSA, yes. which is now the PDCA. Um, the curriculum is designed to bring coherence across the school. So if you move within a district, Good. it's still going to look the same. You shouldn't be behind or, right. you know. And, and it shouldn't matter if you're in the education village or right. somewhere else. Well, you know, that's the same reason that uh, fast food restaurants and, and chain stores are so profitable is you can go into a Chili's anywhere in the country and get the exact same level of service, exact same offering. You know what mm-hmm. you're expecting. Mm-hmm. So that's why so many of us, you know, sometimes buy crappy food, but we know the exact level of crap we're getting <laughs> and a known crap is better than an unknown. <laughs> 
I guess. Um, he is not saying Chili's is crappy. Our no, family no, no, very no. much we, we, likes yes, Chili's. Yes. No, just saying. There's you know certain <laughs> fast food joints that you know, we might go to. In case, okay. we'll move on. So the seventh category is organizational performance results. So this is where they kind of go over their results. I've said it a number of times I like the data. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some of their significant results from their Baldridge application sure. or evaluation was that they were on their way to be being the first Oklahoma school district to receive a 1500 on the state's accountability score. So I don't, I don't know, know much about that. exactly what mm-hmm. it measures, and I think each state is different, but a 1500 is the maximum score you could get. Oh, really? And so oh, as yeah. of the okay. writing of this article, they were on their way to getting that. Gotcha. Um, they increased the number, the percentage of students enrolling in AP classes, but then they went on to measure, are those students doing well, or are we just putting butts in seats right. kind of a thing. Right. So they said that 37% of the AP students demonstrated a master level of three yeah. on their test. You have to get a, I remember this as well, like you get a three and that's good enough for most colleges to accept it. Mm-hmm. If you get a four, pretty much everyone will accept it. So as a comparison, so they had 37% scoring mm-hmm. at least a three. Um, the national percentage was 13%. Oh, wow. So this so is they're significantly, significantly higher. above the, <laughs> in Oklahoma. Um, the dropout rate decreased from 6.3% to mm-hmm. 1.2%. Wow. Granted, this is all over a number of years. They designate 82 to 83% of their operational budget to instruction and instructional support, which is where it should go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, not the athletic department. No. Oh, okay, or sorry. administrative salaries. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, right. And then in 2004, remember they started this in 97. Mm-hmm. I think they went for the award in 2005. So in their 2004 to 2005 school year, they had 26 transfers into the district because of their special education services. Yeah, neat. Um, so that's what I have on that. <laughs> um, obviously, I get very excited about education. I just think this mm-hmm. is something that every school district should go for. I didn't have time to look at their school district. Mm-hmm. I should have to see if they're still doing this right. or not. Um, that's always a good follow-up. Yeah. But, you know, here's, I guess, last thought I have on this before we wrap it up is, you're talking about how they were already doing well when mm-hmm. they implemented this. And, you know, there's this uh, this old saying, right? You know, basically says that, uh, you know, good time or let's see, yes, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. And it's a cycle that we see go through Mm -hmm. in various industries, our country, you name it. It's just a cycle that occurs. And this is a great way to break that cycle is we're doing well. Where else can we improve? And I don't mean maximizing what you're doing well at, but really find what are those ancillary activities where we're not top performing. Right. And that's really the only way to maintain once you get on top. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a great, great idea. Great concept. So. Appreciate you uh, bringing this up. Thank you, and thanks for watching, y'all. All right. Thank you. Bye.